Hey, I'm Gina. And I'm Tara. This podcast is a view into our lives as moms, social entrepreneurs, and best friends who hold nothing back. We talk about all the things our world has tried to keep silent. Things like our bodies. And all the stages and phases we go through. Entrepreneurship, parenting. And how it all intersects with life. Each podcast, we catch up with each other, and then we interview someone who pushes us to learn something new. Today on Born Into This, we talk with Sabia Wade and J.B. Brown from Birthing Advocacy Doula Training. We talk all about what it's like running a business while being in a friendship at the same time. Stay tuned for After Tara and I's Chit Chat. Okay, so we just talked to J.B. and Sabia, who I have to say, from Birthing Advocacy Doula Training. Yes. I met JB in person, I want to say a little over a year ago. I have right. COVID time frame right. fucked up in my head. So like, I'm not really sure, but a right year before plus COVID. ago. Yeah. Um, because I knew they were moving to Austin and they had once sent an email to Born Into This saying, mm-hmm. I've been to the last two, can't wait to speak at the third right. and like, love what you're doing at Born Into This. And by the way, I'm moving to Austin. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh my God, we have to have lunch, you right. know, obviously, and just really um, loved their energy and knew, like, I want to be friends with this person. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then seeing their work grow over the past year, I have to say, like, I have such like a crush on Sabia with <laughs> all this working out she's doing and like kind of stalk them just to be like, I want to know, like, what workout is Sabia doing today on the mirror? <laughs> you know, if the mirror people are listening, like, they should be giving her some cash because I <laughs> bought it because of them. Yeah, you did. And it's been in our office. And how often have we been using it? As much as we want? No, not no, enough. Not so enough. I'm re-inspired after this conversation. Yes. It was, I mean, it is, it is inspiring. I need to try out more exercises on there because I've only done dancing, ballet classes, like bar classes and just simple muscle workouts. I want to do more of like the, the like kickboxing, the more, the, the harder exercises that are going to make me sweat. Hmm. Cause I think I'm doing like all the gentle ones and I'm being afraid hmm. of going and pushing too hard. Yeah. I don't really even like sweating. Like that's why <laughs> I think I just, you really don't sweat a lot. Haven't engaged, <laughs> but, um, the, their doula training. So here's kind of, you'll get to know all the things in a minute as we interview them on the podcast. Mm-hmm. But I will say like, we have a lot of admiration for the work Absolutely. that they're doing, um, as two people that have been running a doula training program for the past 10 years in a doula training program that we really respect and we're inspired by yeah. and really love what they're doing. Yeah. I mean, they know what their voice is and who Mm -hmm. they are. Mm -hmm. And, um, the mission obviously is being met time and time again. I mean, I've actually taken a course just recently that I want to recommend to the DTI team and I can't speak highly about their work enough. Right. And what I'm so like giddy about is that there's (laughs) also this true friendship Yes. And two people that are working together and it's just not talked about enough. No. And so people ask us all the time how we make this work and not just how we make it work, but how what, to thrive in this space. How to thrive how to, in this space. Yeah. What goes into the day to day stuff? What does it look like? It's more of curiosity, not this place of like, oh my gosh, this would never work for me. How does it work? It's more right. of like, tell us. We're so intrigued. And so learning that they have a similar dynamic and friendship was so intriguing for us that we wanted to bring them on and talk about it. Yeah. And share it because I want to see more of that happen in the world. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's, we talk a lot about, um, this competition, competitive mindset that people have in the professional space, in the birth world, and how we really try to break that down all the time, every day in our relationship as friends, but in our relationship with our organization and in the birth space as well, seem to come up a a lot in this conversation, which I think is really helpful. Yeah. Super cool people. Mm -hmm. I hope they liked us. (laughs) They did. We're totally awesome. (laughs) 
Jenna J.B. Brown, with pronouns they, he, is a full-spectrum doula, community educator, and creator with a passion for pelvises, humans, trauma-informed care, and the complexities of justice. As a trans, non-binary person, they are practiced in the art and awkwardness of transition, and he brings this knowing and compassion to his work as a doula and educator, supporting individuals and families through their own transformations in conception, pregnancy, birth, postpartum, and beyond by providing direct client work, resources, and community spaces. As a core teacher and the lead course content creator at Birthing Advocacy Doula Trainings, or BADT, JB works with students and professionals to be partners and accomplices in the movement to change the current birth environment locally, nationally, and globally. In addition to work in the perinatal space, JB provides advocacy, education, mentorship, and consulting work around gender, both for trans, gender nonconforming, and non-binary people, as well as folks looking to include these individuals in their work. Sabia is a full-spectrum doula, educator, and elevating the voices and experiences of marginalized communities. She is the CEO of Birthing Advocacy Doula Trainings, as well as her nonprofit, For the Village, which provides low-income and marginalized communities with free doula services. She embraces her role as a liberator of self by birthing new and hidden aspects of individuals while nurturing the spaces within them that have never known love, all with the goal of autonomy, justice, and equity for all. So can you both tell us how you met? It's a new story to me. I don't know it. Yeah. Me to tell the story, Jenna, or do you want to tell the story? You're such a good storyteller. So how we met. Well, I don't know. The first part of the story is foggy to me as far as like us following each other. Like I don't know when I was like, it's oh, just this internet is I want to follow. Yeah, yeah, I was like, I don't, I don't even remember like where I like learned about you and was like, whatever. So anyway, semantics. Um, so <laughs> what happened was I was doing the racism and privilege course um in person when the world was safe-ish. Um, and we were able to do that. And I was doing it in Boston. It's like a two-day, four-hour, five-hour-a-day workshop. And so Jenna, I think you contacted me and said, like, oh, I'm going to come up there. Because mm-hmm. Jenna was living in Philly still. So basically, Jenna came that day, well, that weekend, um, and was present, obviously, during the class. But we also hung out, like, at the hotel room that I was in. And then ever since then, it's just been us together the two of you actually then met in a work-related environment yeah yeah for sure okay that's interesting mm-hmm. we did too yeah carried it over into like just talking about like who we were dating and like you know casual talk yeah. after <laughs> yeah. the workshop mm-hmm. um and now like once a week we're like what was my life like before without you i don't get it i literally don't know how long ago was that it was, it was two years ago 2019 okay. You. Mm. Oh, it's fresh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Spring of 2019. <laughs> Baby besties. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> and you know how, like, as you get older, too, it's, like, weird. Because as you get older, you don't make friends as much as you do when you're younger. Does that make sense? It's harder. Because your life is, like, established. Like, where are you going? I don't know. Whatever. But, yeah. Jenna, it feels like Jenna's been around for 10 years, but it's been two. I love that. JB, do you have anything to add to that story? Uh, is... Sabia telling the truth. Sabia's totally <laughs> telling the truth. I think the pieces that Sabia leaves out because, you know, they like to seem like really cool is that probably both of us, I know I was, I was like, Sabia is too cool to be friends with me. I was like, Sabia doesn't actually want to be my friend. I felt the same way. And so even when, yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. That's probably what you're leaving out is that there was this like, are you shitting yeah, me? Yeah, when you said you were coming to Boston, I was like, really? And then it was funny because you were coming and I was also linking up with Stephanie. Dr. Midway, who also came there that day. That's how we all met, like, in person, not knowing that coronavirus was going to happen and life was going to be whatever, chaos. But, yeah, like, we all linked up in that same event, plus a few other people as well. I love yeah. it. There was a lot lot going on in the air that day. It's a lot of amazing people. It was funny because the one evening I hung out with Stephanie. She took me out for oysters and shit. And then, like, Jenna was, like, the other night that I hung out, and we were just, like, in the hotel room talking about life and dating and this and that. So... And at the time, Jenna was talking about moving to Austin. What a memory. I love that. I could totally go for some oysters and shit right now. Mm-hmm. Just by you saying that, I'm like, yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so share with us then how it evolved into collaborating and working together. Yeah. So, I mean, I think even just in that share about that, 
weekend training in Boston, like very early uh, in our friendship, it was the kind of friendship where you like sit in bed and you have like big talks. Um, (laughs) And that's still what we do, right? Like I would say like probably more than 50% of the time that we're talking to each other, one of us is like horizontal. And Mm -hmm. um, that, you know, I think opens up a different kind of vulnerability for people when you can let someone in in that way. And so for both of us, I think trust built really quickly. And that trust is what allowed us to work together. And the first thing that Sabia invited me to do with BADT was uh, develop the childbirth educator training, which came out Mm -hmm. last year. And it was right at the beginning of coronavirus. Um, I had just moved to Austin and I was like pulling out all kinds of random jobs to be able to pay rent. Because when I moved down here, I was like, birth work is not going to sustain me until I've been here for a while can't expect that in a new community um, and had been waiting tables at Cap City Comedy Club, which of course shut down. And so I'm like kind of in a panic. I was like working for the Census Bureau going door to door and Sabia was like, no, 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 no. Like, absolutely not. I'm not letting you like put yourself in danger like that. Um, Come into this course with me and we'll see how it goes. And so we did that first course. And I guess you liked working with me enough that you asked me to stay. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I did love working with you. And also you were like at that time, like BADT had grown so much and I was still in this space of trying to learn like what I had the capacity to do like with everything and all these projects that were going on and Jenna was like um I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna do that and you go sit down over there and you just approve things that's your function and I was like oh okay (laughs) so so it kind of it built from there and I also think too that like during that first like course creation with the childbirth educator program it was like we it wasn't that like the process was seamless right like we had to think about things we had to work things out we had to talk amongst ourselves and like you know Jenna was coming in with new improvements and like there was a lot going on so I'm and you know I'm just like consuming a lot of information and then like so it was like this whole process but to me it felt like that's what it needed to be and I think it Mm -hmm. also like translated to our students in a way that I was like, okay, like, we need to continue to do this work together. What you just said, like, illuminated something for me that I hadn't really, like, put the pieces together. But it was, like, learning how to communicate with one another in that setting, right? Because when we are talking as friends, we, like, go into all the details. We want to know how the other person is thinking. And when we're working together, it's like, I don't need to know your whole thought process. I, like, Sabia told me this really early, was like, I trust you. Like, just do it and tell me, like, the end. Like, tell me what we're doing. I don't need all the why unless I have questions about it. Mm-hmm. And so like learning how to communicate in those different settings, there's definitely like a learning curve there. Yeah, everything <laughs> yeah. you're saying resonates. I'm like reminiscing on those moments where Jenna would just be like talking to me and I'm like, Jenna, stop. Like, <laughs> like I trust you. I think you're doing the right thing. I like, we don't have to do this. So that was definitely one of our like bigger learning curves in our like work relationship. Mm-hmm. I'm like totally enjoying the story that at some point I looked at Tara and I's heads and we're just nodding and nodding and nodding because <laughs> so much of what you're saying is absolutely resonating with me and our relationship over the last, oh, what is it now? 15, 17 years. Yeah. And I think too, one of the things that really stands out to me that came up in that story was we had to figure out how to have friend time and have work time because sometimes like we would have a meeting at 8 a.m., But I just like had a throwdown fight with my husband and I couldn't step into that meeting and have a meeting like I needed an hour of friend time, you know, so Mm -hmm. we're very clear with like, hey, I need an hour of friend time. Like we'll just cut it off and say what we need um, to be able to do the work because you're not going to be able to work with your friend who like (laughs) is staring at you and like, what's wrong with her eyes? She, You know, because you're going to see that like something is off. Like even if you try, like that's not going to happen. It's like, okay, what is going on with you today? Like (laughs) one of the things that like I'm thinking about from what you just said was me and and Jenna, like we definitely deal with like life, not differently, but in a way different. Like we process information differently, Mm -hmm. let's put it that way. Mm And so, like, one of the things, like, with Jenna is, like, I'm a very, like, I'm a double sag. I want to get straight to the point, what's happening, what's going on, whether it's, you know, whether it's, like, life stuff or work stuff. Like, what is it? Let's talk about it. Let's see what we can do about it. And Jenna is, like, I just need to process. I know you know something's wrong with me, but I don't need you to, like, tell me that we need to talk about it right now. I just need you Mm -hmm. to trust that I can handle it and that everything is going to be what it needs to be. And I'm, like, okay. Because, like, (laughs) for me, I'm, like... (laughs) Because I'm like, well, let's get to it. What, what do we need to solve? What's the issue? Like, let's talk it out. And Jenna's like, 
no and it's like usually two reasons like jenna's like one i'm just not gonna like overload you with this information because we're supposed to be working right now i'm gonna handle it when i feel like talking about it i'll talk about it or it'll be like two this is like some white people stuff and i'm not gonna like put this on you because you already have enough shit going on and so like it's been like we have very clear like i'm gonna talk about it i'm not gonna talk about it this is not for you to know i can handle it and i'm like Thank you. Because <laughs> like, for me, that like that level of conversation, even in our work dynamic, speaks to the kind of like trust that we built and like knowledge that we built of each other to be like, this is the time. This is not the time. And like, I'm going to protect you and I'm going to handle it. And I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, OK, thank you. It's true intimacy, really. Yeah, absolutely. And I think specifically in this work, right, like in the work that we do, we, you know, wake up choosing violence. Like Jenna says, like we wake up being like, what the hell is going on in the world? What's happening? Who's doing what? What's going on? Like we're not, we're in a profession or a career choice that it pushes us into what's going on. Not like we can't avoid it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I think like when you have that kind of job as well as embodying and being the exact like identities that you're talking about right within your work it gets like complicated it can get very frustrating and overwhelming because it's hard to talk about black disparities when i am black and when you know we're right. talking about trans rights and jenna is trans it's like you have to have this you know this level of intimacy and trust and the ability to like maneuver in a way that like gets work done but doesn't like burn you out or burn your friendship out which can be very layered (laughs) and complicated but also like a necessary I guess step or movement in the way that we do our work I mean it really does feel like advocacy for our friendship right there's this level of protecting and just holding space for that and being the person who protects the other person from certain things it's a lot of moving parts And then how do you separate the business from the person? Because all of those things we were just touching upon, um, they overlap with business, but they are really like your self-identity, like, you know, who you are as a person, which all of us in birth advocacy space, we bring who we are to the work, right? But then there is also like organizational systems and structures and boundaries. And so like, have you all been able to figure some of that out yet? And if you haven't, I wouldn't be surprised because you're a few years in, but (laughs) it's a lot and it changes. It evolves. Yeah, it definitely changes all the time. And there's like work that we have done and work we continue to do there. You know, our team is not just the two of us either. And so part of it for us, too, is like understanding how the larger like ecosystem of BADT operates with our team members and also with students. And one thing that was like really helpful, informative was Sadia having Ash Robinson do some like Enneagram work with us. Mm. So like understanding what people need to feel appreciated, I think has translated both to like that business and friendship. And also for me has made me personally feel a lot more comfortable asserting because like Sadia is my boss. And Sabia also, mm. like, in a friendship, like, Sabia's a dom. Like, Sabia has that mm-hmm. e- that energy. And so it can be hard it, for someone like me who, like, my default is fawn, right? And we think about, like, how we respond in situations when I think about, um, and Sabia and I have different experiences of this each, but being socialized in a world that was not made for us, like, both of us are good at code switching. I'm really good at masking. When we think about those tools that we've used in order to be accepted socially for so long... And then I like place myself next to Sabia, whether we're talking business or friendship, it can be hard to be like, hey, stop. This is what I need. Mm -hmm. And so I think for me, some of that work that we've been doing has really been helpful for me to be able to say, like, yesterday was my day off. And Sabia was like, did you see such and such? And I was like, I decided not to engage with it until I'm like on a working day. And so just like communicating that in real time uh, is kind of where we're at with it now, because it is the lines definitely blur because how I'm feeling in my personal life definitely impacts how I show up at work, how I feel in our friendship impacts how we show up at work. And I think I said to Sabia last week, like something along the lines of we both need to feel seen and understood. And so like, I will sit and I will listen to what you are feeling because I know at the end of the day, like, even if that's intense sometimes, or even if that's hard, whether we're talking business or friendship, it puts us in a better position because if I understand you, you're going to want to understand me and vice versa. So definitely still blurry, but we're working on like finding that. 
the thing around like our we like I said, we have a whole team. Shout out to Cheyenne and Aaliyah, to Edna, like we have a whole team. Um, but we at me and Jenna definitely probably talk the most outside of like our workspace. And so it's interesting. Like last night we were texting about whatever. And then Jenna's like, I try not to worry about you. And I'm like, oh my gosh, am I exhibiting like worrying traits? Like what's going on, right? <laughs> and like, really, it was like the blend of like what's happening in business that is also like affecting the outside of business. And like Jenna having that awareness to be able to put both of those pieces together. Like Jenna was saying, like Jenna is the feelings person. I'm not the feelings person. Mm-hmm. Like, like, <laughs> yeah, like, like Jenna does that and does it well. Like I say all the time, I'm like, how the fuck was I like managing without Jenna there to like hold everyone's feelings <laughs> and do the things? Because like I have it, like I'm empathetic, but I'm also very logical. So I'm like, let's do the thing, right? And so like with Jenna, like knowing, like us kind of knowing that about each other helps us in our like personal and business. Cause I'm like, okay, this is gonna be better for Jenna to do. This is gonna be better for me to do. This is gonna be <laughs> like, we can split, even in our like personal lives, like our friendships, just like, this is better. You handle these things better. I handle these things better. And like, it creates more balance. Just knowing mm-hmm. like what the other is not good at. Like even yesterday I told Jenna, I was like, you know, I'm feeling burned out, but I don't know the why. And Jenna's like, well, we know sometimes you have a problem with seeing the why. So let me give you a couple things, you know? And I'm like, oh, <laughs> that's what it is. Right. But like that helps me in like our work dynamic and in our friendship dynamic to be able to have those kind of conversations. I love that. I think the balance is really one of the secret ingredients, right, to working together as very close friends. And Tara and I have a very similar dynamic in that way where we have different strengths and we balance each other out in a really great way. I'm the feelings person in the relationship. And like we know we really understand where each other's brains are at. It's gotten to the point now that we're like we're old ladies at this point in this relationship together. And we can't hide these things anymore. Like I can have like a hard day with the kids and walk in and be like, it's fine. I'm just going to be working Gina right now. I'm not going to talk about it. And Tara will see my face and be like, what's wrong? And I'm like, oh. There's no more hiding anymore, but it's like people ask us all the time, like, how do you guys make this work? How have you done this for so long? And I think it's the two things of being a balance, recognizing the strengths and learning how to fight together, too, because it happens like fighting and disagreements happen. And I think it just makes us stronger in the end. It's really like it gets us through some hard stuff. What did you you said it recently, Tara? It was like we fight once a quarter or something. We used to, but we we've used... actually we're really overdue, so there might be something. <laughs> Is today the day? I don't know. It's true. Probably it not. I'm you. almost like ovulating, so um, we're in a good position oh, with yeah. the cycle to not be fighting. But you never know; <laughs> it could happen. That's the other thing too. There's a lot of tracking that goes on in this relationship. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. That sounds like the conversation we had yesterday. Jenna was really? like, Jenna was like, you know, you got off the birth control for your PMDD, so maybe there's some ups and downs. And I'm like, oh, thank oh, you, yeah. thank you, because mm-hmm. I'm feeling a little off. Like, I was like, thank you yeah. for like noticing that about me and like tracking that information because I was super unaware in that moment. Hmm. Yeah, and um, I feel like people are so intrigued. Like, I am so intrigued by the two of you because there aren't mm-hmm. a lot of us around that do work together and are able to sustain a friendship. And I think that's why there's so much curiosity around Mm -hmm. it and why I was excited to talk to the two of you about it. I feel like people think, like the outside people just think that it's so easy and that like everything is perfect in the relationship. And then I think people don't think they can do it because they maybe tried and it was hard. And Mm -hmm. so like, I really want to get that message out that It's a commitment, just like any kind of relationship is a commitment. And you have to like figure out the ways that you're going to have an argument, you know, come to a place of closure and where everyone is heard and like move on. Um, And then also like hold that love for each other. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I think we could all be like so much happier and so much more fulfilled if we had partners in life, right, to do the work with. And I think as a culture, I think we don't really hold space for that at all. It's like, oh, I don't like something you said or I disagree with you. So I'm out. Don't ever talk to me again. And like that is not an option for Mm -hmm. us. It just is not. Yeah. And that's like cancel culture and friendships. 
right? Yeah. And it's so yeah. overwhelming. It's like, it feels so, feels petty. It feels immature to me. And it also like, in some ways I get it where like Gina, you were saying the piece like you brought up this idea of learning how to fight. And I'm like laughing because your team feelings, I'm team feelings. Like sometimes Sabia's <laughs> like, Sabia's like, we've had this conversation before. Like, I feel like we're like, oh, yeah. we, mm-hmm. we're like yep, fighting about that. the same thing. And I'm like, that's, that's the point. Like, that's yeah. the whole point. Like we You're like, because we still need to. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> and like, usually it's like, I'm still going to have feelings. Like, I'm not going to stop. We're not going to get to the point in our relationship where I no longer have feelings. So we're going to have to continue to talk about this. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really important and something that like, I agree, is not really modeled for us. And so being more open and Sabia and I do like, I can remember multiple times that we've been like in a meeting and shared space with other people. And we come in like, and we're like talking about some shit that like is going down between us, but like just in an open way, not in a dramatic way, just like right. a, we're not going to ignore the fact that we're in disagreement about this or that there's like right. tension here. Um, let's put it on the open and people just being like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> people don't know how to sit in that discomfort. That's where that harm can come in with just the idea of like, I'm out. If it gets hard, I'm out. And it's like. Maybe the missing piece, though, is like there's never disrespect, right? It's true. Like there's never name calling. Mm -hmm. There's never it's never coming from a mean place. I might be crying and being like, I cannot talk to you right now because I need hours to think. I don't I can't say anything because I don't have my thoughts together. And she's like, but no, we need to talk now. (laughs) But there's never like, you know, it's never like daggers. Never any it's never any level of disrespect. Right. Like in that, you know, argumentative space. And like, I also think like Jenna knows, like sometimes I'm just like, I, because I'm not the feelings person, right? Like I have like a battery that starts at a hundred percent every day when I wake up and like Jenna knows when I'm at like 20 and you're not going to get anything through. Right. I'm not oh, going to yeah. be able to have this conversation or I'm going to that look at you down. and I'm going to be, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm going to look at you and I'm going to listen to everything you say, but I'm going to make it very logical because that's the only way that my brain will like be able to understand what's happening. And like, even with that, like, I think a lot of times in those situations where you're, when you're, you know, in a disagreement and like, again, Jenna's a feelings person, I'm not like, we've had to learn how to work with that. Right. Like Jenna, Mm -hmm. I think like in a time that we've been friends, like has been able to kind of measure how feelings they can be in the moment and like where they need to pull it back so I can understand. Right. And I think that's translated also into our work like dynamic because like one of the things that we worked on was like me being like Jenna like I trust you as a leader right and like Mm -hmm. you don't really have to feel so much right like maybe at that moment I need you to be logical about what needs to be done when it needs to be done how it needs to be done and like we can talk about the feelings after right (laughs) like there's been these ways that like and then now like even the other day I posted on my stories like Jenna got me feeling all types of feelings I'm like fucking annoyed and like, why am I this way? And Jenna's like, yes, this is this is great. I'm like, no, this is not great. Like, this is <laughs> let me be me. You know what I'm saying? But like, I think like that like awareness of them being feelings and me mm-hmm. being more logical is it's become it started to blend in spaces and like unlock different spaces in ourselves just based on like our our like working relationship. Yeah. There's so much that you can build upon there. There's so much opportunity that I see where it's so helpful for Tara to be like, stop. We, this is not about how we feel. This is a business and we're making a, this decision. And I'm like, right. And then there's so much like I learned from her for sure. And there's like value too when you're, you know, when she needs space to process feelings and I'm like, well, wait, like, let's talk. (laughs) It's really given me so much opportunity to sit in that space of like the discomfort and like see more learnings, like the learnings are there on the other side. So I appreciate like that. It's not, it goes against my nature, but it really does make me feel like there's more clarity and there's more strength too. So I just like... 
it would be really hard to work with somebody that's just like me. Everyone thinks we're like the same human and we're the same way. And we're always like, no, we're so different. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where we can really, we have so much strength together. Yeah. It's also like in the work that we all do in this, like all of us, all four of us, like we, and I mean, this could be a whole nother conversation, but (laughs) like me, (laughs) you know, Jenna and I have been talking about cancel culture and transformative justice Mm -hmm. and like all those things. And I'm like, I feel like the only way that we can learn to do this on like a bigger scale, right? Because like, you know, we're really, when people think about transformative justice, they think about like legal shit, criminal justice system. How do we get to this point of like repair in these like big, you know, concept type of ways? And I'm like, we have to start with the personal relationships that we have in our life, right? Like we have Mm -hmm. to start with our friends. We have to start with our family. We have to start with our students. We have to start like, And these ways of, like, if we can do this on this level, right, this, like, intimate, close to our hearts type of level, then we can start to kind of, like, you know, embody that and practice that outside of it. Um, But, like, with me and and Jenna, it's, like, I've, in our friendship, like, we do those type of repairs all the time, (laughs) right? Like, we Mm -hmm. do those type of, like... I have to sit and listen to what your side is. You have to sit and listen to what my side is. We have to also still navigate the world and the work that we do. And like, we still have to teach. We still have to do these things. We still have to create classes together. Like it's all these like different levels. And like, we have to be able to do that, understanding that you and I may not agree on every single thing, right? Like we may not, you know, agree on what like what's happening in the world. We, you may have big feelings. I may not have any feelings. Like, so it's like, so it's like, you know, constantly being in that process, literally on a day-to-day basis. But I feel like in order for us to really, like I said, you know, really talk the shit that we talk in our classes and our work, whatever the case is, we have to do it in our personal relationships. And I, I feel like Jenna and I, like, as much as we're the same, right? Like we have the same goals. We have the same, you know, like love for this work. We're also very different. I'm black. They're white. You know, (laughs) like that's the first Mm -hmm. one, right? Mm -hmm. Like they're trans. I present as cis, like. So it's like we have these things in different perspectives of how we see the world. But I think the beauty is that we can sit and see the world differently and be like, oh, I I get why you see the world that way. Thank you for letting me in on that perception. Thank you for like teaching me why this is this or that is that, you know, and you have to be open to that if we're really like looking towards like actual change and like movement building. So every day is just like a sentiment to change trying to do things I'm thinking about the language that you need me to say too before we have one of those discussions we're like mm-hmm. we're so deeply like that punitive justice system is so deeply embedded in each of us having been socialized the way we have that like we can't even engage in the kinds of conversations we're talking about unless the first thing I say to Sabia is like we need to talk I'm not gonna leave like I'm not gonna mm-hmm. leave you like that affirmation needs to come first because we mm-hmm. are so quick to dispose of one another culturally yeah because i'm like i tell jenna i'm like you hurt my feelings and i think like i think the first time i said that to jenna jenna probably was like what (laughs) like i'm like listen i have feelings deep inside okay and it's like you know like (laughs) they are in there they're in there but you know like when we're talking about the way that we've been socialized like i'm a black you know woman like i i have been taught right like by the world that i have to keep moving things have to keep going I have to be doing all the things, saying all the things, being 10 times better, you know, like whatever, like not showing any emotion, don't have time for that, like all those things. And like Jenna can recognize that in me and see that, but also be like, I think you said this to me yesterday, like I'm happy that you feel safe enough to like express what's going on with you, you know, and like just be open with that because I'm not with everyone, right? Like as everyone on this phone call knows, like the type of work that we do is exhausting, like we love it right but it's also like damn I'm exhausted Mm -hmm. and it's like but I'm I only feel comfortable on an intimate level like telling Jenna probably more than I tell anyone else like I love this work but I need a fucking break (laughs) like and Jenna's like well what do you want me to do and I'm like this is what we you know it's like that kind of business friendship thing that like actually works to our benefit Absolutely. I mean, I, I really like, we talk about this a lot. I don't know how I would ever do this without Tara, you know, like there, we have built 
years of work together that it's like to think about doing that separately is a whole shift of mentality, of lifestyle, of work ethics, of our ecosystem. Like that would really stir it up a little bit, not in a good or bad way. I'm like not like talking about what would feel better. It's more like it's just what we have built together. It sustains itself because of the togetherness and it would feel differently otherwise. We just recently moved away from our team at DTI. And so like we're somewhat still in that transition, but we've come like really, really far. And I think too, what's interesting is that my assumption so far has been proven right. Like that the person who stepped in to lead DTI, like really can make decisions much faster because there's not all the friendship talk. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, so in all of that, like, Mm -hmm. because it feels, it just feels so different. Like we do have to sit and have like the hour long conversation and then talk through our processes because like the friendship was there. Um, and then talk about the system and the decision of the system. And so when you have someone on your team that can also help, and I wonder if JB, maybe you feel a little bit of that because you're working like in the system. Um, maybe that's not true. Actually, I want to hear what you think about that, but it's so hard to like go through all those processes and then make the decision for the system. And someone else on your team can do it like without all of that, you know? And I guess the difference I was seeing, and this is where I might be incorrect, is like, since you said you stepped into the work and are working uh, for Sabia, not as an original creator, I wonder if there's any difference or Mm -hmm. if that's not, if it's irrelevant. I don't know. Because the friendship is still there. So it's maybe irrelevant. Yeah, the friendship is still there. I think in terms of the like the hour long friendship talk before we get to work, that doesn't really happen for us as much because we compartmentalize as best we can. And we're like constantly talking like if I don't hear from Sabia in a 12-hour period I'm like hello like what's yeah. happening <laughs> um so like we've like probably like said good night on FaceTime the night before and then we wake up and we have our, our morning meeting right our, our like touch base weekly meeting and um but the thing I will say and this is like part of more of the like TJ conversation the like justice conversation is that um me being in the role that Sabia has hired me into has given Sabia more freedom to be like less mm-hmm. in the day to day of BADT, um, right. which means that here I am with all my feelings. And this is like Sabia pushing me into being a leader, being like, well, what the fuck? Like, I have to make these decisions by myself. Like, what are, what do I do with these feelings? Um, it, and <laughs> so that has been like definitely a time saver, I think, and like forced growth for me. And at the same time, like the other folks on my team were, were trying to create a structure where I'm both acknowledging like Sabia wants me to show up as a leader and as a manager in the organization and like manage these other folks. And when there are decisions that need to be made that are like stickier, because there are some sticky decisions, there are things that happen and there are ruptures that happen organizationally. When those things come up, at least I have like a non-hierarchical, like a horizontal team who can also move through those moments with me because I would be like shit out of luck if I had no one to talk to. And what Sabia was saying about kind of how we protect one another in friendship, same thing here. Like, do I need Sabia in on this like panel of, of people who are mulling this over or do we bring Sabia in once we felt the feelings and gone through it and been like, here's the end goal. And it depends on what the situation is. But I think that um, kind of creating that structure where like we're very much hierarchical in like here's Sabia at the top. Um, has helped us save time because we're not just like in each other's day-to-day business work-wise talking through every single little thing that needs to be done. Right. Yeah. And are you a for-profit at BADT or are you a non-profit? You're a for-profit too, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, (laughs) this is an interesting conversation to me because um, DTI also is, and we've always been obviously like a mission-based for-profit. We make the decisions based on the mission and values. So Mm We run like a nonprofit in that sense. However, the decisions can be made really quick and we can pivot and be like, okay, that's not working for our mission and values or our membership or collaboration, whatever it is, we're pivoting. And then like, if that wasn't the right move, then we can pivot again. And I think nonprofits really um, have a hard time making those quick decisions. Um, and so there's, you know, always talk in the community about like one being good and one being bad. Um, and I just don't think it's true. I think it's smart business. Um, at the end of the day, it's what you're doing, uh, not how you're paying the taxes. Right. Right. That's all it is really. 
one of the things like I have a nonprofit and I have for profit, right? So I have my nonprofit in um, San Diego um, for the village, and like that's still good. You know, our duels get paid to do the work, and like we're working on like getting a bigger board and like getting some more funds, and like all of that is there. Um, but that world is definitely different, even though both of my like for profit and nonprofit are based around reproductive justice, doula work, whatever you want to say. And I think like for me, and this is something that Jenna and I also had to talk about as we've like moved along in the journey of working together. Like for me, I have a for profit, which, you know, houses the ADT, houses the black doula, houses whatever else I got going on. Um, and like one of the things me and Jenna went um, like talked about was like money, right? <laughs> like mm-hmm. money because we yeah. were like coming into it. I like like last year BADT we gave out like thirty to forty percent of like scholarships. We you know do these collaborations and donations, and we keep that kind of nonprofit like you said um, mindset and yeah. a sense of like access mm-hmm. and this all of that. Um, but there's also like this other part right of for profit where like I'm trying to make profit. Right. Like I'm trying to do those things. And so like that can feel like for for Jenna, it felt like complicated. Like, you know, we're doing this work and like I'm not personally interested in building wealth, but I know that you are. And like, how do we like navigate these pieces? So we had to have a lot of conversations around like money. (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. why are we making this money? What is what are we doing? Like, is it is it a way? Because like, you know, we talk about capitalism and this and that. And it gets really fucking complicated because you're like. Especially for me, like, I was just like, I know that we need capital to make certain shit happen, right? Like, I know that capital is needed to kind of, like, remove this, these, like, ideas of how to uh, decrease Black disparities, how to, like, help this this person and that person. Like, realistically, in my brain, I'm like, people need money. (laughs) Like, right? Like, we need, you know, different, like, I mean, there's a politics and there's this and that, but, like, also people need money, right? So... Mm-hmm. we've kind of moved through that conversation and I feel like we've landed at a space where Jenna kind of understands more around like me being black, understanding like the racial wealth gap, me being like, yeah, because of the way that, you know, my for-profit stuff has grown, I could give $10,000 to donate to Stephanie for her, you know, her um, birth center. I can give $10,000 to an up-and-coming, you know, BIPOC loan business. I can like invest in these things and I think, like, I think Jenna knew what I was doing, but I think, I don't know, Jenna, I feel like you understand more now, like, what my goals are and, like, why I operate the way I do, but also not closing out, like, access and scholarships mm-hmm. and this and that and, like, finding that middle where, like, Jenna also feels good. Does that make sense? Like, it was like, I yeah, can feel totally. good about the idea, but I'm like, Jenna has to feel good about it, too. Right, because Jenna is a leader in BADT. Jenna is somebody I depend on, and I don't want Jenna doing work that doesn't feel good. I really appreciate you bringing up the topic of money, because it's like really not talked about a lot, especially I want to say in the reproductive health world. Um, and it comes with a lot of misconceptions, and there is this space that people come from in the birth world, especially in the doula space. And I'm talking like, you know, 15 years ago, this is really like the prevalent take on money was like, you just do this work because you love it and you're not going to make money. So it's like, a calling. Yeah. Yeah. Which it can be a calling and it can also support you. And <laughs> yes. <laughs> so sure. there's like these like systematic things that exist in the birth world and we're, we have a space where new birth workers are entering. Right. And we're having these conversations with them while doing it on an organizational level as well. And like, I completely hear you and agree that like people need money. And when we are like making decisions and we're a for-profit company, like we're thinking about our team to like that we want to like, sustain and like con- continue to have like a strong relationship with them, provide, you know, like make sure they're, the money is there to pay them. We're thinking about our community and our membership. Like that is our commitment, you know, when we're running a company like this. And often like, you know, again, like these conversations are being had in our space right now around capitalism and how it plays a role and this where we're like, in order to make the change, you know, we need to support that system. I will say we also have a nonprofit and I have mm-hmm. we're in our infancy at Born Into This. And it's a lot harder to figure out for me personally. Yeah. Um, and getting 
making money and getting money for nonprofits, even though everyone likes the idea of a grassroots organization. There's a lot of there is so much inequity and there's so much political stuff going on with who gets the money and who doesn't get the money and how you get the money and how it's distributed um, and a lot of like capacity that's like and resources just sucked away from trying to do anything that I'm like. I am so grateful that actually DTI started the way it did because we could say we are paying people and anyone who works for our organization is going to be paid like as well as we possibly can based on the money that we're making and Mm -hmm. that, you know, we can take on an employee and they can have insurance and we can, you know, it's, I haven't figured out how to do that yet in the nonprofit (laughs) and I'm not going to do a staff until I can, you know, nonprofits are they're they're complicated. Um, We have funding in my nonprofit from a couple places. Um, so like I'm able to pay um, Venice Works and, and Handles for the Village for me and we pay our doulas, but it's still complicated. Like I still need more funding. Like my doulas still aren't making what I want them to make, right? Like they're, right. It's, it's not like they're making like market value things, you know, <laughs> like, and they're in San Diego. So like it would be, a, a you know, a lot of money as, as far as like San Diego's expensive as shit. Um, but, you know, like these are the things that like I'm happy that I can talk to Jenna about <laughs> because I'm like, and like, even like my own like growth that's happened. And that's the one thing I will say too, like BADT in the last year, even since Jenna's been on, which hasn't been a year yet, like we've grown so fast and like having Jenna there as someone I can talk to about around that growth. Then, Cause you know, it's a growth edge. Like you want to be happy, but you're also like, what the fuck? Right. Like you're also like, right. I feel so responsible for so many things. Like I feel and like I'm so happy that Jenna is there to kind of like carry the weight with me because, you know, it keeps me up at night sometimes. I'm just like, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it feels like a lot. And I feel like Jenna's like, OK, you don't have to carry the whole thing. I'm a, I'm going to take some of that off for you. Well, just know when you guys are wide awake at night, we're right there with you. <laughs> so get that feeling. <laughs> I I have a, a random question. I, how often, I know COVID is fucking this all up, but how often do you guys try to see each other in person? I did see a photo of you recently, like snuggling on a sofa. So I was like, okay, they were just together. Maybe that's an older picture. I don't know. But, like, do you guys have a plan of, like, how often you want to be together in person? And, again, I know COVID's complicating that, but. Sabia's a Sag. So, like, Sabia flies by the seat of her pants. Um, Love it. So it can be a little bit hard to pin down sometimes. But, yeah, we did get to see one another in December. Um, I might end up seeing Sabia in the next couple weeks, depending on how things go. And then, um you know, my personal outside of, of work goal is to buy and convert a bus um, and be living on the road, which will open up more possibilities for seeing each other, too. But, yeah, Sabia is like mm. definitely has that like Sagittarius uh, need to move and need to move when she wants to in the way she wants to. So sometimes it's just like we're going to figure this out. and We're going to do this now. And I'm like, OK. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm, no plan. I'm like, I'm going here. Are you do you want to meet with me? And I'm like, also, I'm, you know, technically I'm your bar. So technically this is work. So like, we should go do a thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But 100%. I think too, like I was talking to Jenna yesterday because my freaking tonsils are inflamed because I have allergies and it's just really ridiculous. And so I was like texting JB last night, like, will you come care for me? Like, what's going to happen? And they're like, yeah, I'm like. But I hope you know, Jen, I was serious. Like, I wasn't kidding. I know. Well, that's what I wasn't going to blow up your spot and talk about your tonsillitis on the podcast. But no, you can. We're here. I was gonna be like, <laughs> no, we're here. We're here. But I think I like, people that. need to hear that. I'm like, and JB's like, I'm so happy that you're, you know, you feel safe being vulnerable with me. I'm like, I'm going to need you here when I'm like slobbing on a rag and can't like get it together. Like, <laughs> that is, yeah absolutely we've seen each other through births and surgeries and all the things and it's i'm very grateful for it and it's awesome oh yeah i once had surgery in um another country and gina wasn't there with me uh, but my husband was you know second best he was there <laughs> well, so how and did you um, survive? I, like <laughs> <laughs> and i opened my eyes 
and looked over when I woke up from surgery and his seat was empty. And I thought the first thing that went through my head was Gina would have been there. And he like ran back in the room and he was like, I've been sitting here for six hours waiting for you. And I just had to pee. And I was like, Gina would have waited. (laughs) Gina would have got a bedside commode. And we have sat here and tinkled right here That's right. so that when my eyes open, you I'll be looking at her tinkling. Like, that is the point. Yeah, exactly. You tighten up and you hold it. That's what you do. I, Jenna, I need you to know, like, if you're here and my tonsils are like, I'm going to be very needy. But I also feel like you might enjoy that because I'm not needy. Like, I will me love and it. Jenna. I know. Oh, my God. Because <laughs> me and we'll Jenna, like, Jenna will purposely not talk to me for, like, two or three days and then like hit me up like do you miss me yet and I'm like oh my gosh I miss you like oh it's been so long but Jenna knows like I need that kind of space to like get avoidant like, mushy attachment. and needy yeah that avoidant attachment is heavy heavy on the avoidant <laughs> oh my gosh I love that so much uh, well, I am just like, you're, that's going to be awesome. My daughter had a tonsillectomy and I'm telling you, JD, you got to get like the jello, the ice cream, like all the soft, yummy things. And you're going to be the best person ever. JD, like I looked up like tonsillectomies or whatever. And the specific age, they're like, this shit is going to be rough. They're like after 30. And I'm like, I'm 32. So just, they're like, you have this, like, you need 10 to 14 days to recover, but if you're older than 30, you're going to need some more time. I'm like, bro, what am I going to do? We're going to play unstable unicorns every day. Well, I have like drool. You may, down. though. You're going to have to figure out stuff for the team, right? Yeah. That's where it gets yeah. more complex. Like, he's going to be able to step in for you friendship-wise. That's like innate at this point. But it's like, oh, how do you make the system work without that support? Pod mapping. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Jenna, Jenna, will, Jenna will lock down BADTA. I just like recently went on a 10-day vacation. I was in Panama City, Florida. And Jenna kept it locked down. It was locked down. And of course, because as life will have it, when I go away, things happen, right? And so like, it was funny because we had like this whole whatever happened. And Jenna was like, you need to know this part. The rest you'll know when you're back to work. Nothing is urgent. We're going to handle this. We're going to have this meeting. This is what needs to be done. And I'm like, thank you so much. Because I don't know what I would have done in that space of like trying to take a break, but having to be present. I would have just dived back into work and I would have never taken that break. It's really hard to disconnect. Tara's computer is on the fritz and she's also going on um, a vacation to see her family and she's like, I'll send it in then to get fixed. And I was like, good, then you won't work. Like you could close the computer and not work because it's so hard to disconnect and just take the space. And we have that line, though, where like JB this past weekend was like, you better not be working. I'm like, not working. <laughs> here's my proof. Here's my raisin bread on my story telling you that I'm eating raisin bread and bananas. Not working. <laughs> <laughs> That's the sign. That is the smoke signal. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I'm so glad you got that time off. JB, your words that you chose for what were you born into? I'm wondering if we could just touch on those real quickly. Um, They're privilege, disconnection, and drag. Yeah. Oh, man. Sabia and I were texting about this, too. I was like, I want to be honest, but I also don't want it to be, like, so heavy, you know? Um, So, like... Yeah, I mean, I think privilege. I am a white person who was raised in an upper middle class household um, in an academic household. So like all of that is like so deeply a part of who I am and how I'm positioned in the world. Um, And it's I can't separate from that. That's like so much of what I was born into and also leads into that like disconnection, which is my second word. Right. Like no emotional connection, no spiritual connection in my household. So much unlearning that was necessary so much disconnection from like ancestry because of trauma and like all kinds of things. And so just even though those first two words, especially coupled together seem kind of heavy, like they feel really liberating to me because um, my life has been this opportunity to reconnect in so many different ways and to, um, to heal as an individual and like collectively within my family of origin and, and within my broader community um, to heal from dis-ease and 
that is the whole point. I think like, that's the whole reason that I'm here. Um, and then the drag piece, just like all of its drag, there's nothing that's not drag. Um, I think a lot of trans people can relate to that like word, um, in terms of their lived experience. Like I have lived in drag for so long and like, even in coming out, like you don't stop living in drag. Like it's always drag. I think we're always performing, um, to some extent what people expect of us and, um, holding that like deep knowledge and internal sense of self, knowing that we'll never actually be able to communicate it a hundred percent to any other person. Right. That's for us. Um, and so it's, it can be fun. Like it doesn't have to feel like this trap of like, no one understands me. Right. When I like think of those narratives, those are the narratives of the like privileged kid who grew up in suburbia. Right. And it doesn't have to be that story. The story can be like, this is a fun thing that I get to do in life is like, show up and connect with other people and understand that their perception of me doesn't actually matter. It doesn't matter that much at all. And it can just be fun like a drag show. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. Thanks for sharing. Um, Sabia, I'm going to dip into yours now. So you have resiliency, audacity, and unconditional love. Yes. Also, JV is so precious. Sometimes they just talk and I'm just like, you're so precious. But back to topic. Um, yeah, so I put <laughs> I put resiliency um, because, I don't know, I just feel like I'm a resilient person. And I also feel like when I think about, especially the, the women in my family, like my lineage, it's just like a whole bunch of badass bitches who are resilient and do the things and enjoy themselves in the process. You know, and I think like, the world right now can be a really hard place to function in. Um, and it takes, especially for me, with like, you know, being a leader and a CEO and a teacher and a doula and someone who has chronic pain and this and that, like, you know, JB is there when I'm like, I can barely get out the bed, right? Because my pain is like, not, not what it needs to be. And, you know, just the ability to be able to go with the flow and still be present um, and resilient. So there's that. Um, Audacity, I thought about that because I think like a lot of times when in the work that I like have done in the world, I guess, (laughs) um, and the work that I want to do, I'm always, a lot of times I'm like always ready to like inhabit a space that wasn't created for me. Um, I'm always ready to like jump in on some shit and like really mess with people's minds around like who's supposed to be in that seat or who's supposed to be that or, you know, like what I should look like, how I should speak. Um, and sometimes I'm like, I know people look at me and like, damn, this, this girl got the audacity to like come in here and like do a thing, right? Like whether it's around my dual training or my nonprofit or right now I'm really um, jumping into like the financial world and you know, that world is inhabited by a whole bunch of like white middle-class men. Right. And I'm there like, Hey, Mm -hmm. you know, (laughs) like, you know, I'm in these conversations like, Hey, how y'all doing? You know, it's a lot of times I go into zoom rooms and I'm the only black person there, you know? And so I'm like, I'm just going to have the audacity to continue to, you know, break down these walls and break down these ideas of who you thought should be in this space. And when I'm there, I'm also not going to code switch for you. I'm not going to do none of that. You're going to just have to get used to me. Um, And the last thing with unconditional love, um, you know, I think I was like last night, I was thinking about like, just like my mom and my friends and like people that like, obviously JB, that is giving me like unconditional love. Like when I'm just being an ass or (laughs) like I'm being distant and just removed and I don't have time for anyone's shit and like, I'm in that space that, you know, people that don't have feelings get into because we're having feelings. When I'm in that space, (laughs) that like, Mm -hmm. you know, I still have my community to be there. Like, we still love you. When you're ready, come back out of your little hole and we'll be ready to do whatever needs to be done. Um, And I feel like that kind of like unconditional love and having that type of support has like built my confidence um, it has like, you know, even with Jenna, like what Jenna was saying, like with their presence and BADT, 
I've been able to free up my time to do those other like passion projects that I want to do. And I'm like, Jenna takes a, a lot on in those positions, <laughs> in that position. And I'm like, you have to love me for that. Like, <laughs> like, you have to love me for like the complexities of BADT sometimes. So yeah, just that unconditional love that I just can't do without. I love that. I love yeah. that as a priority for you and you can name it, you know, because mm-hmm. I think so many of us think like unconditional love is like a feeling or just something that you like get. <laughs> um, but it's so much more. It's definitely an action, right? Like, it's like, oh, you're loving me unconditionally, not like you just gave it to me. It's like when you're in the midst of whether it's a disagreement or just some type of difficulty and the person is still choosing to show up and they're committed to making it better or whatever it is. I'm like, oh, you're unconditionally loving me right now. That's what keeps us all going. Um, we have a spinner question, right? Yeah, do we you have, have one. We play a game at okay. the end of the podcast <laughs> and we do a spinner. So we like spin yeah. and <laughs> it lands on a question. Um, what would one another's theme song be for each other? Sabius would be Money by Cardi B. <laughs> yes, yes, that is definitely that. it. Um, Jenna's would be a mix of the Pirates of the Caribbean, that whole, because, you know, Jenna, I have a video of Jenna just going off, da, 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 all the other stuff that they do in there. <laughs> Jenna, <laughs> that is definitely Jenna's song. Um, and then I also feel like a mix of like something like early 2000s, whether it's like Spice Girls or, or you know, like something like in that realm is also another. More poppy. Yeah, poppy. Like, yeah. I'm not sure what it is. I can't think about it right now, but something in that realm. I love it. Love it. Where can people find each of you on the Internet streets and all of that stuff? You can find Sabia at the Black Tula. Very obvious, the, the Black singular. Tula. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm at Love Over Fear Wellness, and then Birthing Advocacy is Birthing Advocacy, right, Sabia? Yeah, <laughs> and we're we're talking Instagram handles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. Instagram is Birthing Instagram. Advocacy. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I think you're right. Thanks for doing the work you're doing. I I love. I have to say. Um, can I say this? I guess I will Just say, say this. Just say it. Let's hear it. I will say, say that you're the first doula training that has come after DTI that I'm really actually inspired by. And it's so clear that you have your own voice and that yeah. you're doing good work. Thank and, you. um, I just, I look forward to the next years of like learning from yeah. both of you. Yeah. I 100% agree with that. And I love you're bold and said that Oh my that God, I was just so vulnerable. <laughs> no, yeah. no, I think like, you know, like when we're for, to match your vulnerability um, and I'll, you know, I'm sure Jenna will have something vulnerable to say because they're good about those things. But like, you know, going into the doula world and like when I first created BADT and I was like, you know, I'm looking for a training that I would want to be in that like recognizes my voice and centers it and like whatever. Um, I never knew, obviously, that it would be as big as it is. Um, and also, like, one thing I will say is, like, when you are... Because there's plenty of dual trainings out there, right? And we tell people, like, don't even choose BADT as your first choice. Like, you should go look around, find something that yeah. fits you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and because we're always, like, community over competition all the time, right? Like, we may not be the right fit for you. Somebody else may be, and that's totally fine. Um, but, you know, like in this like world of building a dual training and like all this other stuff that I'm doing, I don't know if y'all have this experience, but sometimes it can feel really isolating, right? Like it could feel really very like, much so, you know, <laughs> like it's just like, okay, I don't know who I can talk to. I don't know who I can trust. I don't know who's here for what reasons. I don't know, you know, all these things that happen um, and they happen. And I feel like that like kind of isolation happens because things do happen that hurt your feelings, right? Like, Things do happen that kind of like mm-hmm. push you in that I have to pull back and say to myself kind of thing. Um, and having Jenna there to like be that person that I can really honestly speak to and be like, hey, like this is stressful for me. I don't know like what's happening or I feel isolated or whatever has been really helpful as well as like having you two be like, hey, let's have this collaboration. Let's have a conversation because for me, it's never competition right like it's it's not about that so thank you for saying that and like it means a lot to be seen in a way 
from like another you know organization who is doing the work that we align with because it's not you know there's you know other people are just like oh you're full spectrum oh BADT like you know like I would love to really dive into that conversation at another time at an organizational level too because I think um you know when missions are aligned, we really need to come together to make the change we're trying to make. And I think a lot of the conversations, um, especially on like social media are often like this competitive, like someone's doing it right. Someone's doing it wrong. Mm -hmm. And, um, we're not going to help anyone, right? We're not getting out there and stopping disparities from happening. We're not coming together to fix problems. We're not changing the system that we're all working and a part of by having that mentality. And so I think we need more organizations coming together to do the work to say, like, we're in this together. We may do it a little bit different, but we're here to support each other and help each other grow. So DTI is always there for that conversation, whether uh, Gina and I are there, not as an organization, right? Yeah. Like that's really our mission. That so please really, yeah. let's keep that conversation going. Absolutely. We see nothing but in inspiration and opportunity and just big change to be made. So, yeah. And I think that conversation at an organizational level would be so amazing to continue having and to continue having in a way that other people have access to it um, in particular. But I also just want to say like, I'm inspired by y'all. And I think Sabia is too. Like I say to Sabia sometimes, like I want to be old and gray together. Like I want, and sometimes when we are in the fight, I'm like, that's, and I knew you were going to do that. That's not what I was saying. I was getting there. Tara, I was getting there. For, for the people who can't see us, I just showed all my COVID grays. Um, but like, you know, that's what I say. Like when we're in the fights, I'm like, oh my God. Like when we get on the other side, I'm like, I'm so excited to see all the ways that we've grown together, like in 40 years. Right. So even just the two of you having like, 15 years of being in this like shared business and friendship space. I'm like, all right, 15 years. I want to see y'all in 15 years. Like I want to see y'all in 30 years. I want to see us in 45, you know, like I'm so excited for all of that. Um, and it just is really meaningful to hear from you and like share where we're at in this space of friendship and business together and like the growing pains and know that it's okay. Like, Use it, it. We're going to do it. It's going to be great. Yeah. So thank you for inviting us to have this conversation and sharing that with us. Yes. Thank you for being here. Yeah. And thank you. It's been a pleasure talking to both of you. And I, can, I feel like I could talk to you all day. Like, so we, we definitely have to need do a this part again. Two. Yeah. We have to, especially in that yes, organizational definitely. part. Like me and Jenna talk about like that organizational piece so much. <laughs> so to be able to do it with you would be amazing. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you're interested in learning more about these topics, be sure to head to our shop and grab our book, Born Into This, A Creative Guide to Reproductive Health. You can find all of this and more information about Born Into This at bornintothis.co. 